Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 230 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. I'm still playing catch-up and this week that involved hefting, part science, part black magic. I was very happy with the results. Listen in to hear how to practice before heading out to your hives. Keeping short and sweet, a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. I'm delighted to say that our podcast is now sponsored in part by Simon the Beekeeper. Making beekeeping an affordable hobby for everyone, Simon the Beekeeper provides the best value beekeeping equipment possible, along with a super fast delivery service. The bees won't wait, so their customers don't have to either. Visit the website at www.simonthebeekeeper.co.uk Hi everyone and welcome back to the podcast. If it's your first time listening in, you're very welcome. I hope you've had a great season and your bees are all set for the long haul through the autumn and winter months. Here in Norfolk, we're having something of a warm spell, which is great news for the bees and me, I'm still catching up with the feeding and a little warm weather will encourage the bees to get stuck into the feed and get it stored before it gets too cold. We are expecting some rain in the next week or so, so it's not anything like an Indian summer, that nice warm dry spell, but temperatures are holding nicely above 15 degrees Celsius instead of dipping down to low double figures during the daytime. We have got a high predicted of around 18 degrees Celsius midweek, so it's really quite pleasant. I guess, like most beekeepers, I do keep a close watch on the weather. It's so vitally important to us all year round. At this point in the year, it's the temperatures more than anything else that I watch closely. I'm looking for a drop to low double figures or even single figures during the daytime and that for me signals the end of feeding syrup and a switch if necessary to fondant. Most of the feeding should be completed by now, that is if you are feeding. It isn't something that should be done routinely if you don't need to. During the middle part of the week we travelled back to our meadow apiary to check in on the colonies to make sure that they had enough food, were set up for the winter and that they were all still safe on their pallet stands. At this apiary, we have around 19 commercial colonies and 22 Langstroth. Some of the hives are on double brood, and apart from checking the weight of each colony, I wanted to take a look in the upper brood box to see if they were actually using it, or if it was just empty space that they would have to heat over winter. We don't normally overwinter our colonies on anything but a single brood box. That's both the Langstroth and commercial size hives. They have plenty of space in the single brood box for both bees and food. If we leave an extra box, it's just wasted space. Any national hives, though, we've always got a super food stored beneath the brood box. But those have all gone now. Well, mostly. I have to say I was very happy with our findings. Out of all of the colonies in the meadow, only two felt like they needed extra food. The rest were really very weighty, obviously crammed full of honey from the borage, and subsequently the ivy that's been in flower now since early September. Hefting, of course, is part science and part magic. You could heft using some scales to get an actual weight, 
But that to me seems to remove some of the art of the beekeeper and take away an opportunity for any beekeeper to learn and understand a little bit more about their bees at this crucial time of the year. Let me explain. And here you can take part in a practical experiment that will help with your knowledge and understanding of your bees. Go grab yourself an empty hive, set it up on a stand or table in your back garden, garage, living room or wherever is convenient for you. Next, stand so you can grip the back edge of the floor as if you were going to lift it off the stand. Place your other hand on the roof on the opposite side, this simply stops the separate components from slipping off, and now lift the back of the hive from beneath the rear of the floor. Here's where the magic happens. Feel what you're lifting. Don't rely on scales to measure pounds or kilos. Simply close your eyes and feel the weight of the empty hive. Try it with both hands. Well, try it with either hand. See if it feels different. Try to get a weighty feeling registered in your mind. So that's an empty hive. Now add some weight to it. Have you got a medium-sized pot plant with a small shrub or other plant in it? Stick that on top and repeat the exercise. Feel the difference. If you've got a bigger, heavier pot, you can stick that on the hive or even a smaller pot. Play around with different weights. Use a heavy toolbox or a few logs. Anything that you can pop on the top of the hive and lift. Then try your own hive if it's at the bottom of the garden or jump in your car and visit your out apiary and give it a try with occupied hives. Muscle memory is what you're after. Repetition will build that memory. You'll know what a heavy hive feels like and when you lift a light one, it will scream out at you. That's the magic. As you gain an understanding of what's heavy with food and what's not, keep a note in your head or write it into your hive notes. Find a way that works for you to remember exactly what you thought of the general weight of that hive at that time. Then check it regularly through the autumn and winter, maybe once a month if you have a number of colonies, or if you're really keen, every couple of weeks. The more you heft, the better your understanding of your colony's winter stores will be. But don't heft too much. You want a break between hefting so you can notice when things change. Here's the thing to remember though. As we go through the winter, your mindset needs to change. No longer will you be thinking, I want it to be a heavy hive. What you need is to feel the colony getting lighter as they eat their way through the food stores. That's why leaving a few weeks between hefting is a good thing. By the time you get through to January and February, any colonies that remain really heavy need further investigation. It could be that your colony is particularly frugal, no problem there, only consuming a tiny amount of food stores for the winter. But it could signal a problem that needs further investigation. Maybe the colony has unfortunately died out, so there are no bees to eat the food. You never know, so it's worth having a quick look at these colonies. You won't need a full inspection, simply remove the roof and look for live bees. If you have a large cluster of live bees, leave them to get on with surviving the winter without interfering with them. Of course, in beekeeping, there are always scenarios that throw a curveball at you. Each colony is different and each needs to be assessed individually. A large cluster of bees isn't always a guarantee that all is well in the box, so just be ready if you need to ask for help and advice when you see something unusual or you need a second opinion. 
Back here in Norfolk, I had to check in on one of our colonies to see if the queen I had introduced had been released from the cage and was successfully laying eggs. Well, I'm pleased to say that she has, and she is. The colony is not the largest, but there are a decent number of bees in the brood box to make it worthwhile trying to save them after they went queenless a while back. There are not many eggs and the larvae that are developing are not high in number, but I'm hopeful that with the warmer weather holding for another week or so, we may yet see them survive. All of the other colonies along the concrete track appear to be doing fine. We hefted all of them, and there were just a few that felt a little light and had their food stores topped up. A little heavy syrup still. The concrete track is quite close to the grain store that I've been hoping to use for storage and maintenance work. It's been quite frustrating, really, because having thought we'd be in by the end of August or mid-September at the latest, we found ourselves still waiting. That is, until this week. I finally got to speak to the farmer, and he's agreed to allow us to use the same side of the grain store that we used in the spring. It's not ideal, because it also happens to be the side where all the seeds and grains have been stored prior to sending them off for processing, so there's quite a lot of leftover food for the mice and rats. This in turn encourages them to stay close by, and you'll remember we have a lot of poly boxes in storage, and the mice in particular seem to love chewing into these and making nests. We'll probably have to give it a really good sweep out and clean away any remaining grain or seeds before moving the kit back in. All of that said, I'm really excited for the next phase of our winter plan. The polyhives we have are not anything I've seen before. They're a fairly standard construction, but have castellated runners inside the brood box to hold 10 Langstroth frames. They all need checking for damage, as some of them have seen better days, and I want to use them next year for our expansion plans. If I can get them cleaned up, checked for holes or damage and repaired, we should be able to give them a coat of paint to protect them before finally putting them into use next spring. They have the typical type of damage you would expect from hives that have been in use for some time, with the most significant damage being that caused by wax moth, various holes and channels. Those wax moth do seem to like chewing their way through poly boxes. It's not a massive problem, and I think a simple filler will suffice to make the inside face of the brood boxes smooth again. A bigger problem is the top edge where the frame runners sit. Some of the boxes have become a little fragile and weak at this point, and some have even broken away. These will need a little more thought about how to repair, but we should be able to renew, replace or repair most of them. A bigger challenge are the poly floors. These have come under attack from not just the wax moth, but also rodents. A lot of them need careful filling, and because they are mesh floors too, they will need a replacement mesh fitted in some cases. The good news is once repaired and made good, a lick of paint will make them look as good as new. We have around 140 of these hives, and it makes them vitally important for our expansion plans next year. The aim is to prepare all of these polyhives in time for our spring clean period. Then we're going to swap out around 70 of the Technosetan honeypore hives into the renovated and cleaned polyhives. These hives will be given a double brood setup, that's to say a floor, the first brood box into which I'll move the colony from an overwintered hive. On top of that, I'll place another poly brood box complete with clean frames and fresh foundation. And on top of that, 
a crime board and roof to finish it off. This way, we're set up in the same way we were in the spring of this year, encouraging the bees and queen to move up into the top box and expand the colony. This will happen when the oilseed rape is in full bloom, providing much needed nectar and pollen for these expanding colonies. Once we have the second brood box drawn, I'll place a queen excluder between both brood boxes and trap the queen in one or the other. The brood box that doesn't have the queen in will then be removed, placed on its own floor and given a crime board and roof to set it up as a queenless colony in its own right. These will then get a new queen and be able to build into a strong colony for the summer flow. At least that's the plan. It worked really well this year, so I don't see why we can't continue with this method of increase. We also have close on 900 supers that need to be checked. The vast majority of them are fine and actually brand new, but we have three different types of wooden Langstroth super, and each is slightly different to the other. In order to keep things as well organised as possible, I intend painting them different colours to make it easy to identify them when we're out in the field. It's far easier to ask someone to grab a green super or a blue or a brown super than to say the one with the narrow handles or the one with the slightly bigger scalloped handle, because that's really the only difference. What I'm trying to do is to get set up to make next season as easy to manage as possible, with more colonies, it will become even more important to be organised and smart about what we're doing. I'll share more of our winter workload as we get cracking, and don't forget to look out for the videos on Patreon. Talking about videos, I know that some of you listening to my podcast via the various apps won't be Patreon subscribers, and that's fine. You are missing out on some cracking content, even though I say so myself, but I understand... Not everyone wants to subscribe for content. For those of you that watch my YouTube channel, I'm publishing some more for you this winter and into next year. I think we'll be more organised next year, so I'm looking to get started again over the winter months and go through into next season. Patreon subscribers will always get the bulk of the content, of course, but I will publish a regular series to YouTube for you. Finally, if you've not yet taken a look at our support groups, check out the Facebook groups for absolute beginners. We've got Stuart's Beekeeping Basics. And if you're after a little more in-depth, intermediate and advanced conversation, check out Stuart's Beekeeping for All. We have lots of experienced beekeepers in both groups willing to offer help and advice to you if you've just started out on your beekeeping journey or need something a little more advanced. Don't forget to check out my website, www.norfolk-honey.co.uk and for my latest videos and podcasts with more updates, tips and techniques it's the same Patreon page www.patreon.com forward slash Norfolk Honey and remember, I'm Stuart Spinks and that was beekeeping short and sweet Beekeeping